This is Listen Lakeland, the show that keeps you up to date on all things happening in and around the Lakeland area. Here's your chance to plan your family activities and learn more about what your city government and your neighbors are doing to make Lakeland a great place to live, work, and play. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for the November edition of Listen Lakeland Radio Show, a show highlighting people, places, activities, and organizations that make our community an exceptional place to call home. I'm Kyle Fedler with Lakeland Vision. So the coronavirus pandemic has impacted just about all sectors of society, and one of the areas impacted the most has been higher education. Lakeland itself is blessed with multiple colleges and universities, and today we have representatives from two of those here to discuss how they are dealing with the coronavirus at their respective schools, and what short-term and long-term impacts have been. So our first guest is Dr. Brad Hollingshead, Provost and Vice President for Academic Affairs at Florida Southern College. Dr. Hollingshead, welcome, and could you just let the audience uh, know a little bit about yourself? Sure, and, and thank you, Kyle, for having me on the show here. Uh, so I've been at Florida Southern now for eight years. I started at Florida Southern as the Dean of Arts and Sciences, and two years ago moved into my role as Provost. Uh, prior to coming here to Florida Southern, I taught English literature for about 25 years and then began moving into some administrative roles. And here as Provost, I serve as the Chief Academic Officer. And so that gives me the privilege of working with our academic programs and our faculty and some of the functions here on campus that help to support academics, such as the library and the registrar. Wonderful. So I assume that uh, Florida Southern, like uh, all other institutions throughout the country, uh, sent its students home in the middle of the last uh, spring semester and went to remote instruction. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that transition? Uh, how were you able to prepare for it? How did it go? How did, how did students find that? Well, it was an abrupt transition, Kyle, and uh, it is one that really we didn't have a lot of time to prepare for. Uh, but Florida Southern was lucky in this respect that the, the time when the call came from the governor uh, to go ahead and shut down institutions of higher learning, we were able to take about a week's time because of where we were in relationship to spring break to help faculty uh, get some training in in remote instruction to work with one another and support one another figuring out what it is that would best serve students and what kinds of technology uh, that would not be all that useful to helping our students. And I think that the faculty and students here at Florida Southern did a terrific job of making that rather abrupt transition to remote instruction and making the most of it. Uh, so faculty were able to really engage students for those final weeks of last spring semester. Uh, students, while it was a tough transition, nevertheless were able to perform well in their courses, uh, continue with the work they had started that semester. And I would say that all in all, uh, the outcomes were very positive because of the hard work of faculty and the commitment of students uh, to really keep moving forward with their studies. Well, wonderful. Well, I was, I'm sure that at that time you were probably hoping that uh, you know, fall semester would be a, a reboot, a restart, and everything would be uh, fully uh, back to normal. But uh, I'm taking it that that's not the case. Can you talk a little bit about the current status of instruction at, at your institution? 
Yes, absolutely. In fact, when we first made that transition, we had dreams of being back in April or May. <laughs> that did not materialize. Uh, so as, as we headed into the fall semester, um, you know, the, the pandemic conditions had, had become somewhat severe the closer and closer we got to the fall semester. And so we planned very carefully for that fall semester, but found ourselves again having to pivot uh, from a full return of students to a low density return, which meant that about half of our students who would live in college-owned housing uh, were able to come back and, and enjoy and, and benefit from that housing, uh, while other students, both, both voluntarily, but some of them uh, not voluntarily, uh, ended up learning remotely for the fall semester. So you have a combination of students who are uh, learning face-to-face -face on campus, but also then remotely. Yes, so we've got that combination going on. And even for some students on campus, uh, they may w very well be in face-to-face -face courses as well as remote courses. And so uh, it's, a, it's a real mix of teaching modalities that we're using to make sure that students can continue to progress in their studies. So uh, with the students coming back, you said you've had about half, about uh, 1,300 or so. Can, can you talk about the steps that the institution's taken to keep uh, students and faculty and staff safe? Yeah, so we're taking uh, you know, some of the fundamental precautions uh, by requiring mask wearing in all of our classrooms and really in any public space. Uh, where you're not going to be able to stay socially distanced. Uh, we reformatted each of our face-to-face -face classrooms so that we would maintain social distancing between students, uh, as well as keeping faculty distant from the students at the appropriate levels. Uh, we've implemented a number of hygiene practices and cleaning practices uh, that go well beyond what was already a pretty rigorous protocol for keeping the campus clean. Uh, as you know, uh, you know we, fight, we face the, the flu season and other things, so we're very conscious of keeping things clean, but we upped, that, uh, upped our efforts with, with campus cleanliness as well. We do have rapid uh, testing capacities here on campus. So we're able to test both symptomatic students as well as asymptomatic students in a random fashion. Uh, we're also able to test uh, faculty and staff here on campus. We reserved a number of spaces uh, for quarantining students as necessary, as well as rented spaces at other places here in Lakeland and the vicinity. Uh, thankfully, we've not had to use any of those additional spaces that we've rented, uh, but nevertheless, we prepared for this semester uh, to be able to isolate students if infections were to happen. Uh, well, that does raise a question. Have you, have you had infections on campus and how have they been uh, dealt with? Uh, we have had some infections here on campus. Uh, they've been rather low because of the uh, safety and health protocols that we put in place. Uh, but when those uh, infections become known, we do immediately quarantine those students or those faculty, and we make sure that we enact contact tracing. So we did, and this I left out of my previous answer, we did hire a company that does contact tracing for us when we have known infections on campus. Do you think that's a result of uh, folks just being out of work, or what do you attribute that to? 
Well, I think at this stage, I, I don't attribute it to folks being out of work, though I do expect that that will be an important reason uh, for some of the students to come back to continue their education or to go into graduate studies. Um, I think it's that, that Florida Southern has been on a real positive trajectory for the past 10 years uh, and that students are very interested in earning that Florida Southern degree. So we came into this semester despite the pandemic with a high level of interest and not really seeing that as a result of some of the unemployment that's come from the pandemic. I did notice I've seen the, the, the new building on Florida Avenue, the new uh, physical therapy building there. And so I guess you guys started a doctoral program in physical therapy. Um, I assume that's a pretty hands-on program. Uh, how, how has that program handled the pandemic? Well, yes, and, and you're exactly right. This is a, a program that relies a great deal on hands-on experiential learning. Um, so the program did with its first cohort of students last year have to pivot uh, to remote instruction like the rest of campus. And during that time, they continued with those classes that could be handled remotely and then postponed till later in the summer, the kinds of hands-on experiences that simply could not be replicated through a remote format. Uh, so they put in place in July a four-week, we called it a pre-fall term, uh, where they were able to make up some of the clinical hands-on experiences that they missed in the spring. And then we were able to get them back on track in the fall with that first cohort of students. Now, at the same time, we brought in a new cohort of students this fall. Uh, it was a maxed out class. Uh, we, we will let in 36 students each academic year into that program. Uh, so they were able to start their studies really without the kind of disruptions that that first cohort had. But I will not uh, kid you when I say that our faculty and our dean in physical therapy have really had to work around the clock to make sure that students are getting these experiences in small settings and really through staggering a lot of the offerings that those students uh, participate in. So it sounds like you're really just doing it kind of program by program and, and just being uh, real adaptive. Um, you mentioned the clinicals. I know you've got other programs that kind of have outward reaching interfaces with the public like internships and teacher education and i think you have a nursing program how how have those been handled uh, during this period well uh, in, in very similar kinds of ways they really have not broken stride uh particularly nursing and education with those internship and clinical experiences uh that they have again there's a lot of behind the scenes work by faculty and deans to arrange these kinds of experiences and to make sure that they are going to be safe and healthy for our students. Uh, but they've done a tremendous job in keeping those kinds of experiences going. Uh, so our nursing students who, who really, you know, we want to get out there and get into uh, that healthcare setting, uh, we've been able to keep them moving forward so they can progress towards degree and help our society with this pandemic. Uh, and then also with our education uh, students, they've been able to go right into those student teaching experiences and, and keep those going both through face-to-face -face means and virtual means. What do you think the long-term impact of the pandemic will be for Florida Southern? Do you see any or it's just too early to tell? 
Oh, no, I, I do think that we can foresee some long term impact to this. But, but and, and thank you for the comments on our, our successes here, because it has been, uh, you know, you'd ask me about that enrollment. Our enrollment has remained strong. And I think that, you know, many of the schools in the Northeast are being hurt, uh, not just by the pandemic, but simultaneously by some fairly significant drops in enrollment in those areas and drops in, in, in enrollment that, that really we had predicted even before this pandemic came along. Uh, so yeah, there are those long-term impacts. Um, and maybe I'll start there with, with the demographics of higher education. Uh, we do know nationally that, that the number of 18-year-olds who are going to be college ready uh, is going to drop significantly over the next several years here. So we have to be thinking about how we position ourselves for that, uh, but also recognizing that the pandemic uh, is, is probably going to be with us for a little while longer. And so we're going to have to continue to make the adaptations that we've made so far uh, with different learning modalities and, and trying to use those uh, and, and use them to the extent where they really uh, make sense in terms of our mission. So I, I can imagine, for example, that we'll continue to do uh, remote advising, for example. Many faculty and students have found the virtual advising to be very effective. In fact, in some situations, uh, more effective than uh, our older face-to-face -face models of advising that wouldn't allow us to share screens, for example, uh, right in the middle of an advising session so that we could draw upon those electronic resources. And I think, too, uh, that, that many faculty are finding that there are ways to use online learning, and I'd say that in the broadest sense of online learning, to great effect. And so I can see us continuing to use some hybrid models as we go into the future. Uh, but as we all know with this pandemic, it is very difficult to predict what the future is going to bring to our doors. Well, Dr. Hogsett, I just want to thank you for uh, joining us today and uh, your wonderful insights, and we wish you the best of luck, both you and your colleagues at Florida Southern College. Well, thank you so much, Kyle. It was a pleasure to join you. Okay. Uh, Listen Lakeland is brought to you as a collaborative project between Lakeland Vision, the City of Lakeland, and Hall Communications, truly a community working together to provide an exceptional quality of life. Mike, you Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Sounded yep. great. Good. Kyle, we'll get together and try this again on Friday. <laughs> yeah, we'll see if I can. I'm going to see what's going on with my computer with the go to meeting thing. But yeah, the, 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 I mean, the sound was much better, you know, in terms of uh, it's hard to find an interview when it's kind of going in and out. So that was great. OK, hey, Brad, uh, thanks. Um, oh, sure. I appreciate yep. it. Uh, did a, did a great right, job. And so we got about 20 minutes of stuff there. And then I'll try to get about 20 minutes with uh, uh, Dr. Northern. And then you can just come. Cut it down, Mike, uh, to, to whatever you want. Okay. I'll see you on Friday, Mike. Good. Thanks. All right. Hopefully we worked out the bugs with this one. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate All it. All right. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye. This is Listen Lakeland, the show that keeps you up to date on all things happening in and around the Lakeland area. As mentioned at the top of the show, we're speaking with representatives from our local college institutions. Uh, we just finished finished speaking with Dr. Brad Hollingshead from Florida Southern College, a private residential college offering bachelor's and master's and doctoral degrees. We now have the pleasure of hearing from Dr. Ortai Northern, Vice President of Workforce Education and Economic Development 
um, academics at Polk State College. Uh, Polk State, as you know, has played a vital role in Polk County for decades, uh, providing a wide range of degrees, uh, continuing education, and workforce development. So welcome, Dr. Northern. Thank you so uh, much for having me. Maybe we could begin by having you tell the listeners a little about yourself. How long have you been at Polk State and what's your role there? I'd be happy to. Um, so I started at Polk State in 2010. I started as an adjunct teaching English. Um, I am an English nerd and I came on full time in the fall of 2011. I had the fortune of um, stepping into the department coordinator role for the English department on the Lakeland campus. Um, shortly after that, and then I I switched up. I um, since I had my put my toe in a little bit of kind of what what administration would look like as department coordinator. I set my goals um, a little differently, and in 2016, I became the um, district dean of of workforce. Um, and then, as of September of last year. Uh, I am able to serve as the Vice President for Workforce Education and Economic Development. And in this role, I oversee most of the associate in science programs. Um, the ones that I don't oversee are supervised by the Vice President of Academic Affairs, and those are the ones that have a bachelor, a bachelor degree tied to them. I also oversee our corporate college and our Institute for Public Safety, which is our law enforcement academy. Wonderful. Sounds like you've got a full plate. I'd like to come back and maybe talk about a few of those and the impact uh, specifically on those areas. But um, maybe we can go backwards a little bit and talk about. Um, so uh, probably when the governor's orders came down last spring to start the lockdown uh, here in Polk County and throughout the state, I assume that uh, Polk State uh, transitioned to fully remote learning. Is that right? That is correct. So so mid-March, we quickly, you know, like like every other institution, we quickly pivoted to an online instruction, um, and we continued so uh, over the summer. For this particular fall term, we are still predominantly online. We have um, about seven percent of the classes offered in person, and about sixteen percent are offered as a hybrid, where you'll have some. A little bit of face-to-face -face instruction and the rest is online. Um, workforce programs are interesting because uh, they require some hands-on practicals, if you will, and so we have um, limited the class size. We have ensured that we're abiding by strict um, health and safety protocols if, if those clinicals and simulations and labs um, are meeting on campus. So I, I assume, did you guys do a lot of remote uh, education even before the, uh, this came into place, or, or is this something that's fairly new for Polk State? I would not say this is something new. Um, we did have a robust um, online course delivery, um, but certainly the, the the volume increased, and I and I know that many of our faculty who are, I would say, more comfortable teaching face to face had to had to pivot quickly and um, gain another level of, well, gain a mastery, if you will, of our learning management system. So there was some, um, there was some, there was some fast pivoting, but I, I would say that the administration and our um, instructional technology team, as well as our faculty who 
have been seasoned online instructors, you know, pe people pull together to ensure mm -hmm. that there was a good support system for faculty who um, maybe needed some, some extra, extra support on converting their course content to an online delivery. And, and obviously that's not just faculty, right? I mean, that's also our students who, um, who may not necessarily be as comfortable with an online course as they as they would be with a hybrid or a or a face to face to face. So, providing so some like, additional support systems was key. Yeah. So it sounds like you're. It sounds like you're. Um, uh, the faculty who were you know, more comfortable, who'd already experienced this kind of uh, teaching mode, uh, helped the faculty who this was kind of brand new for. Um, and uh, and then you, it sounds like your your information technology. A team. Was there some professional development available for your uh, faculty members who had never taught this way before? Yes. So um, the instructional technology team, who are generally inherently responsible for supporting faculty um, for doing the uh, the training for online course delivery, you know, they 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 ramped up their um, their support systems. So. Um, to go back to the faculty who help faculty, in, uh, in January of 2018, Polk State changed learning management systems to Canvas. And so it was, it was at that point that we had some faculty who helped kind of pioneer the, the LMS. And as a matter of fact, they were called Canvas Pioneers. And that is a, a, a core of volunteers, if you will, who also stepped up in um, in the spring to to help support their colleagues, so we're really fortunate to have that um, that pool of volunteers already in place. Well, many of your students are also working adults, uh, Dr. Yes. Northern. Uh, many with families, and some may have even lost their jobs or taking on additional responsibilities with children's uh, studying remotely. Uh, can you talk about how this pandemic has affected those kinds of students uh, who are trying to balance so many? Yes. Absolutely. And, you know, we, our fall enrollment was about 7% lower than it was in fall 2019. And I think that, that that percentage is a reflection of the kinds of um, challenges that many of our students face. And so, as you said, you know, about three quarters of our population are part time. And many of them are non traditional. And absolutely, they are juggling. Um, jobs and families and then now during the pandemic there are there are additional challenges right and so um we implemented um a academic support phone line for students to notify the college of their technology needs for example so students who who, who may not be used to or familiar with or have the equipment to be in an online environment we um we gave them a um a hotline, if you will, um, I put that in quotes, um, yeah. a hotline, if you will. So if they had technology needs, they might reach out to us. And so the college has been able to provide uh, laptops and webcams for these students. And uh, the college and local municipalities partnered in the spring to launch free Wi-Fi hotspots in um, safe public spaces in Winter Haven as well as Haines City. And so it, I think what what this uh, what this pandemic has certainly um, punctuated is the is the digital divide across mm -hmm. the county, and um, 
so so we have we have ramped up our efforts and and maintained those efforts to ensure that students have what they need to succeed in this in this environment and, and clearly we're still we'll, we're still here you know as we look <laughs> to spring term so and yeah it certainly has exacerbated uh, the digital divide, especially at a place like Polk State, where, as you said, you know, three quarters of your students are part time and they're 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 local and many are juggling many different things. Well, you, you asked one of my questions was about the the enrollment. So you said you've seen a, a seven percent decrease. Um, I recently read in a in a trade magazine that uh, uh, community colleges or uh, or state colleges, as our, as our system is known, um, have have some have experienced this as large as twenty five percent decrease. Mm -hmm. um, so why do you think that uh, you guys have bucked that trend a little bit? Kyle, we campaigned hard. <laughs> we, we, we had a strategy for outreach that was college-wide. We, um, you know, we met every week. When I say we, I say um, that means representatives of different units in the college. We had, we, we knew, we saw this, you know, um, this impact and we worked hard to um, to curb it for the fall term. And so I, I think that for the same reasons, um, for the same challenges that we discussed uh, a little bit ago, um, acknowledging that and just kind of literally calling, texting, emailing students and just sort of appealing to their, um, what, what do you need? You know, how mm -hmm. can we help you get back, get back into classes for the fall term and that was a that was a college-wide um, initiative and so because there's so many anxieties lingering and especially um, you know over the summer when we got hit with this in the spring and it's really it, it really wasn't clear and I don't know that it's clear now the um, the duration of the of the pandemic. So I, I think it's a lot of listening and um, making sure that we have the resources in place to address some of those anxieties. Uh, you know, I uh, know that you are, um, you know, partly tuition driven and tuition revenue uh, driven. So how has it impacted you financially, um, either on the either on the revenue side or um, have there been additional cost uh, yes. that, that Polk State has borne? So the um, as with as with all the institutions and the businesses, the college has incurred additional expenses to to ensure that the health and safety of students and faculty and staff are um, are safeguarded. And so we've invested in um, enhanced cleaning services, um, personal protective equipment, mm -hmm. and and a good deal of signage um, to help the college community um, remain safe. So our signage at, you know, on every, at every center and campus reminds students, staff and faculty, you know, social distancing and that the college requires a mask. Um, since, since we are a public institution, our revenues are uh, a combination of tuition and state appropriations. So due to the impacts of the pandemic on state revenues, all the state agencies including state colleges, um, have had a 6% holdback for the 2021 appropriations. And that's a, that's a $2 million impact to, wow. um, to our college's operational budget. So, so absolutely, the, the impact on revenue is um, it's, 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 it's quite real, quite palpable. Um, do you mind if I ask, and how, how does Polk State uh, plan on you know, closing that gap? 
we are closely scrutinizing um, all of our budget and you know um, trimming where where we can, if you will. I mean, it, it's 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 a tightening of the belt, if you will. So, I mean, as you can imagine, um, like other institutions, you know, there are things that you know, on some level, we we can't do because because we're in this pandemic still. So travel is a good example, you know, where folks aren't traveling. So um, I think that that helps to um, soften the blow. Um, yeah. well, do, you have, do you have any, you know, do you have any words for potential future students of Polk State who are out there? Um, you know, any, any, um, any words or comments you'd like to, to address to, to folks who may be considering coming to Polk State? Sure. Polk State has a, a robust menu of options, and you know, there's some students I think who who know what they want to do, who have a have a game plan, and there are other individuals who aren't aren't sure what they want to do and don't know how to get there. But between our um, student services team and our academic affairs team and all the teams, um, we we want students to feel or to be assured that we have the resources to to help them get on a path and stay on a path you know towards you know whether they end up um, transferring to a four-year institution or or getting um, secure gainful employment um, we we have we have lots of good options well, we just want to, again, thank you for the place that uh, Polk State plays in our uh, thriving community. And I'd just like to thank you again, Dr. Northern, for coming on to uh, Listen Lakeland. It's been a pleasure. And I hope you have a safe uh, and pleasant day. Kyle, thank you so much. It's been my pleasure as well. And I just appreciate the opportunity and, and just happy to serve the county. Listen Lakeland is brought to you as a collaborative project between Lakeland Vision, the City of Lakeland, and Hall Communications. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time.